back to the Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary. I'm here with my dad once again. Um, and today we're going to be talking about the Last Dance documentary. We are late. I, it finished up about a week ago, but I was at the beach, so I was not able to talk about it. We're also going to talk about sports returning, because that's happening, which is so exciting. Then we're going to fin- finish up the pod talking about Georgia getting a transfer quarterback and JT Daniels from USC. So we'll finish off the pod with that. But yeah, let's talk about the Last Dance documentary, which was absolutely amazing. Um, it was just so much fun to watch. I mean, I love how they did it. I love the personal interviews with Jordan, which was the best part, in my opinion. Um, I also liked some of the interviews with his teammates. Some of them were intriguing, like the Pippen interviews. Yeah. I liked that. I also liked the Steve Kerr interview. I thought that was really, really good. Um, I, I Honestly, I could have done without the Dennis Rodman episode. I thought that was one of the worst ones because I'm mm-hmm. personally not just not that interested in Dennis Rodman. But, yeah, I thought it was um, an amazing documentary. I thought they did it really well. I didn't really learn that much, to be honest. I think the only thing I really learned was the Scottie Pippen contract. Yep. Which, I mean, I knew that he had signed a bad one. I forgot how, just how bad it was. Right. Uh, but I honestly did not learn that much by the documentary. But it was interesting to hear Jordan's takes on things. Yes. Because that's one thing that, he, that really wasn't out there. That's one thing I really, really enjoyed about, about the documentary. And I thought the best part was when MJ had that iPad uh, and was yeah. reacting to stuff. Yes. That, those parts were hilarious. That was good. Uh, especially when uh, the, the Reinsdorf comments about the team being broken up yeah. after the last season. Uh, Jordan's reaction to that was, was very good. Um, yeah, I think, uh, uh, I think you know, Pippen, uh, you know, I don't know if he came out looking really really good on that um you know the thing with him a couple of things you know when he was kind of holding out to stick it to the team because of his contract i mean you know he signed this contract uh i noticed that there, his agent wasn't interviewed because uh, whoever his agent was oh, yeah. that, that lined that contract up for him uh, should have been fired immediately but uh you know the uh the situation where he did not go into the game there for the last play when Kukoc ended up getting the game-winning shot, the play was set up for Kukoc and not Pippen. Right. Uh, Pippen said, I'm out, you know, and didn't. And that was a huge uh, problem for him. Yeah. Um, you know, even Jordan indicated that. Um, so, you know, Phil Jackson, I think, looked, came out looking really good. Because you know, he – Jackson, whether you liked him or not um, – he was kind of like the circus ringleader. I mean, he kind of kept everybody uh, in the circle and kept everybody, especially the Rodman situation. Um, you know, he had a lot of different personalities, um, you know, having to put people around a superstar in Jordan and get everybody to mix and mesh. Uh, I think Phil Jackson uh, looked really good in that documentary. Uh, and so it, it was just fascinating to me. It really was. Yeah. Uh, I, Pippen – you know, he was he came out and was upset about how he was portrayed. But there was multiple times in the documentary where people were saying that he was a top five player in the league. Jordan even said that he was the best teammate he ever had and that he couldn't win without him. Right. And, he, and Jordan said that you couldn't say his name without also mentioning Scottie Pippen. So sure. it's not like Jordan just crapped all over Scottie. No. Like, the issues that were portrayed, or like the issues with Scotty in the documentary or Scotty's fault. Yeah, self-inflicted. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, everyone knew that him quitting in the middle of a game was going to come up. Like, 
Yes. You know that's going to happen. Right. Like, you made that decision to set out that play. Right. And you had to know you were going to get backlash from it. I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is not going to look good for Scotty. Correct. When this happens. Right. And, I mean, they show that. And I don't... I, and there's a lot of good things said about Scotty in the, in the documentary, like I said. Um, his story is amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. I knew... I, and, I mean, I, I have read <laughs> some of the book, Jordan Rules, by Sam Smith. Um, and it talks about him going to where did he go to uh, college central Central arkansas Arkansas? i think of central arkansas yeah unknown school nobody knew and he was the the manager and he would like scrimmage and in high school he was he was a a smaller guard Mm -hmm. but in college he he just had a growth spurt Mm -hmm. and and that allowed him to become dominant at the college ranks and that's why he was drafted so high and and I mean that's an, an insane story, like his rise to yes. becoming an NBA player. Uh, I love that. Um, I didn't but, realize that he was not drafted by the Bulls. Yeah, he was drafted by the SuperSonics and traded to the Bulls. I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so and, yeah, the Sam, there's a great portion of the Sam, of the Sam Smith book, Jordan Rules, yes. about Scotty, which was amazing. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the one thing I hated. At, like the back, because there's been a lot of things with like uh, Jordan's teammates are coming out, mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of you know animosity, and they're just upset with how they were portrayed, like Horace Grant yeah. and Scotty. And Correct. I didn't, I had an issue with Scotty. Right. Like, there was a, a lot of great things said about him in the documentary. I don't really think he should be upset. He should be upset with himself for the mistakes he made. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, and there was a lot that made him look bad. Um, besides him sitting out, um, like there's a lot of games that they show where he blows it in the end, like the two missed free throws against Indiana. Yes, yes. Um, uh, but I mean, it happened. Right, right. But yeah, you know, I, I think one thing I got out of the the, the documentary was, you know, I, I've always I always wondered. It never made sense to me why Jordan quit at the top of his game right uh and and went to play baseball i mean it was just such a, a wild story and uh, did not make any sense um you know i was i was always some somewhat to the belief that that there was something under, underlying going on whether he was in trouble with the nba because of his gambling issues uh and this was kind of a way for them to you know have him sit out for a while without you know publicly shaming their superstar and their right. their breadwinner um but when i watched the documentary and i saw how things were starting to go down towards the end of that season before he quit or retired um in terms of the press uh really starting to turn on him you know the night that he went to the casino with his dad before the playoff game and they lost the playoff game and they made a big issue out of that that was yeah. one of the first times that the media started turning on Jordan. And, uh, you know, that, along with his father being killed, uh, you know, just watching all of his emotion, talking about that, and watching all of those circumstances that, you know, the, the series of events that started taking place there towards the end kind of led me to understand what maybe why he did quit. Now, why he went off and played baseball, uh, that's still kind of hard to understand. Yeah. If he had just sat out and did nothing, I would never have thought anything. But the fact that he went to play a different sport, uh, you know, at the prime of his basketball career, I always had a hard time really trying to make sense of that. 
Yeah. It, it made me understand a little bit better uh, of what he was going through mentally. I think he was just, uh, I think he was just mentally up to here uh, yeah. with with dealing with being Michael Jordan, and uh, you know I can understand it now by watching that. Yeah, I it, that would have been awful for him, like in this day and age with Twitter and Instagram and everything. Oh yeah. With his gambling, yes, he, um, he could not have kept it a secret now, like right. he did for the most part back y- then. Yeah, and I even I don't even really care. Like I don't understand why it's such a big deal. Like I don't sure. care. I don't care how Michael Jordan was right spending his time off the court or how he was using his money. If he wants to gamble it all away, go ahead. Right, I don't care. Right, like I just don't care what he's doing with his money. Absolutely, I just care about what he's doing on the court. Correct, and that's one. I mean, I, I knew that he had gambling issues before, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is, yeah, I, I was hoping they would get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, it ended up with his father dying. Yes. In, in, probably in part because of his gambling issues. Um, but I, I liked how they went into that mm-hmm. and the struggles Jordan had uh, with the loss of his father. And then uh, that ended up leading into one of the, be- the better clips like inside the locker room mm-hmm. that I thought the documentary had. I mean, it's when Jordan won the title on Father's Day. Yes. And he's in and he's in the locker room crying on the floor. Yes. Because we've never seen that video with audio. Right. We've only seen the clip, and it's been quiet. So we actually got to hear the audio. Yes. Um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it's well done. I mean, it, it's um, just just an amazing uh, uh, story. Uh, they, they put it together so well and, and really, you know, helped you understand what drove Jordan. Uh, he was just an amazing competitor. Yeah. He had, had such a incredible drive. The way he would take slights against him in any small way and, and make it a huge motivating factor. The, yeah. The Brian Russell situation where during his retirement, you know, he was in the gym uh, while in Chicago while Utah was there and uh, was talking to Stockton and Malone and Brian Russell came over and was giving him a hard time for quitting yeah and you know uh, bragging that he could have guarded him and stopped him and all that and jordan oh, uh, yeah. you know he made a mental note of that and brian russell probably didn't know he was going to come back and he comes back and guess who they play in the finals for those t- last two seasons brian russell and the jazz and brian russell paid for those comments yeah so. yeah I, my favorite episode was I think it was episode seven where they kind of get into Michael's competitiveness mm-hmm. and really his hyper competitiveness. Yes, um, and that that's the episode I believe where they they show him uh, and they show the games played when he went to film Space Jam mm-hmm. and they show those games because NBA players like Reggie Miller yes. um, would go out and they would all train play pickup games, which they needed to show more of that. Like I right. could have watched hours and hours of Absolutely. that footage, like. Like, I needed I need to see more of that Space Jam footage, uh, but then I, like at the end of that episode, Jordan's talking about because his image take his image is taking a hit because mm-hmm. he's so hyper competitive and the way in his leadership style with his teammates, because um, he was a I mean he's kind of a jerk, um, he really was and he was super hard on his teammates yes. and he would push them to the limits but he did it because he wants to win and that at the end of that episode. He, act, he, like, starts getting emotional. Right. And he was like, y'all don't know what it's like. Y- y'all y'all don't get it because you don't know what it's like to win. Mm-hmm. And, right. And the episode cuts, and he's like, <clears throat> and he's like, I need a break. And he's, like, Absolutely. tearing up. I was like, 
Yes. And, it, and then it's like showing a montage, and it was the best episode, yeah. in my opinion. It, it, it was, was amazing. That was really good. Another thing that I, I thought was interesting is early on in the documentary was <clears throat> when he was coming out of uh, college from North Carolina to the Bulls, and he was having to choose a shoe company uh, to, to sign with. And, you know, I didn't realize that, that back then, you think Nike now is just a big juggernaut of a company. Right. You know, and, but back then, I didn't realize that Nike was really not the juggernaut that it is now. And, and Jordan actually, he loved Adidas shoes. It just happened to be that at that time, Adidas was not, didn't have a big, strong basketball shoe right. to, to put out there. Converse was the big shoe. I mean, Converse had Magic and Bird. <clears throat> Isaiah Thomas, all those big names wearing Converse's. Uh, and, and Jordan didn't even want to go out to uh, talk to the folks uh, at Nike at their headquarters in Oregon. And he had to be convinced. I think his mother was the one that kind of talked him into going. Yeah. And uh, went out there, ended up signing. And, you know, uh, Phil Knight, who's this, the uh, you know the head of Nike, should uh, – think his lucky stars for Michael Jordan and him signing that contract. He's he's made a lot of money for that company over the years. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, I, Nike's not where they are now without without Michael. Yeah. Well, Jordan had to pay a fine every game that he wore Jordans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't really know the specifics why. Uh, I just I, I it may have been a color thing, or maybe Nike was just not. Yeah. When well, okay. So so when the I remember when the when the first Jordans came out, they were the the white Jordans with the red and black trim. Yeah. And those were okay. Was it the black? But, but, the, but the black and solid yeah. black and red ones were a problem with the NBA because did, back then did they not did they have to match with the uniform? Well, I, I, I think it had something to do with the you know now you know now teams, you can wear whatever, you wear whatever you color yeah, you want. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even have to be a matching color now, which right. is kind of crazy to me. But uh, back then, I think it, it there had to be a certain percentage of white color oh, really? okay. on the shoes, yeah. and these were solid red and black. Yeah. I think you could wear. Maybe a solid black color shoe back then, but you couldn't wear a two-tone solid color without white. Something like that. Yeah. That you know, but it, that was that was kind of the story on that. Yeah. Um, I've actually never owned a pair of Jordans. No, I I, I, n- I never bought a pair. Uh, they were they're pretty expensive. Yeah, they are expensive. Uh, to be honest with you, um, you know. I always, I, I still like the originals. Those originals ones. Were really oh, no, cool. the, yeah, the retro. <clears throat> yeah, yeah like, like Michael said, you know, he wore those coming back to the garden, his last game at the garden. Yeah. And, it, and he just rubbed blisters all over his, you know, because they were the original des- <clears throat> design. Now they got all the, uh, the comfort that they didn't yeah. used to have. Um, but I, I still love the, the, the look of those original Jordans. Those are really, really sharp. Yeah. One, <clears throat> one thing the documentary shows and I don't know if it's like on purpose but it kind of so there's like this story that Jordan had this crazy rise out of nowhere to stardom mm-hmm. he was cut in high school mm-hmm. then just became a star in co- and that's kind of I mean it's true that he was cut in high school but he was a stud like he was a McDonald's All-American he was a five-star yeah. prospect it, it, like it, he was being recruited by everyone in the country it was my understanding that <clears throat> the early part of high school, maybe his freshman, sophomore year. Yeah, he wasn't necessarily cut. He was just he was like he was like moved sent down to, to he was JV. sent to the JV. 
Yeah. Because he was going to get more playing time on JV right. to, to you know, hone his skills and improve his game. Yeah. And it's better that you play on the JV and get to play than sit at the end of the bench on the varsity. Right. And so the coach wanted him to get more playing time with the JV. So he wasn't cut. He right. was just, yeah, exactly. He, you know, yeah. he, he was just being, you know, uh, trained on the JV team. Yeah. So, so. that, that, that was that yeah. just was. But once again, he might have just used that to to, you right, know, to yeah. motivate him. Yeah. Well, that narrative was just yes. putting the rest. Um, but yeah, and he was small like early on in high school. Mm-hmm. He was only five ten, but then he grew to six three like his junior year. And he really put on a lot of muscle. I mean, when he when he was at Carolina, you, oh, you look tiny. at him, he was skinny, lanky. He was like and, one th- <laughs> like around. 160, 170. Yes. Like he was a really, really small, real lanky. He yeah. was a, a lanky player. And, and of course, it was the Pistons uh, that motivated him to get stronger. Yeah, uh, and and I think he put on some of that muscle. Uh, you know, when Detroit was beating him in the playoffs, and and I, I remember making the comment that we got to get stronger to beat yeah. these guys. And and I think they all all started hitting the weights. Was his trainer in the dock? Yes. His trainer, I, I there's oh, a well no well, well, I can't to, I can't remember if he was in the knock or not because he was, he had a huge yeah he was a huge part of Michael's career who, who was the guy that the the pizza episode about the getting the food poisoning oh no he was he was, was that the guy he, he was, was that, that his trainer yeah okay okay that was yeah, his, his trainer, trainer yes. his trainer would like watch his games like he and he would like watch him in the morning mm-hmm. and he would count every step that Jordan took and he would he would like write down what direction right. it was in so he could work with Michael on like what parts of his body might be under stress under the re- and I was like oh my goodness and then he got when he got Michael to he even worked with Michael when he went to play baseball yeah so he trained him for that he got him to put on muscle he got him to uh, become leaner later on in his career when he wasn't as athletic. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he got him to kind of um, play with more skill and more mm-hmm. touch and taught him how to just <coughs> work with him to become more of a shooter and a score, and rather than just leaning on his athleticism. Right, right. Um, man, his, his trainer is a beast. Yeah. Um, and there's a video, on like a 20-minute video on YouTube of his trainer, which is incredible. Um I think the biggest loser of the doc is probably Jerry Krause. I don't remember one <laughs> good thing about the doc. Yeah. And, like, yes, he broke the team up. He also did some great things. Like, he was a pretty good GM. Well, he put he, that he team together. he built the team. Yeah. And when Michael left, he did great things to keep that team competitive. Because sure. when Michael retired, they added Steve Kerr. They added, they, they added Tony Kukos that year, yeah. I believe. <clears throat> Correct. They added. They added one more person. That was a, a huge part of the team. I, for, I forgot who it was. Mm-hmm. They added somebody else, but they added like three key pieces. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they still had Scotty. Right. Exactly. And that's the that's like the stupid narrative that when like when Michael left, they still won 50, 53 games because mm-hmm. the year before they won fifty five with Michael. Mm-hmm. And then there's this narrative that well. Is Michael that good because the Bulls <laughs> won 53 games? When he, well, yeah, the year before they won 55 games, they also won the title. Right. When he left, they won 53 games, but they got bounced in the second round. Right. So, like... Yeah, I think everybody knows the answer to that. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about what happened in the playoffs. When sure. Michael left, they got bounced in the second round by the Knicks. Right. So Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, but, yeah, it was such a good doc. 
Yep. Such a good dog. Yep. And I, I think the best parts were, the best episode was seven, when they go into his competitiveness mm-hmm. and the trash talking. And I love the behind the scenes mm-hmm. footage where he's like talking crap to Scott Burrell every chance he can. <laughs> yeah, Scotty was his punching bag. Oh, man. For real. Yeah. That was good. I, I love the behind the scenes footage. And like mm-hmm. the, him, Michael was like, I love to see the relationships that he formed with like, um, security. Yeah, yeah. The security guys. Yeah, the, and the, it, it was it was the guy. It was his name, Gus. Yeah, it was his top security guy. Oh, was that the guy that had cancer? He had cancer. Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, he he was really kind of his. Uh, he he kind of stepped in for his dad and was kind of a father figure for him. Yeah. After his dad, and he, you know, Michael had some really tough times there. Right. Uh, during, even during the season, uh, that was that time at two in the morning, he called and. And he was uh, in tears and, and upset about his dad and missed him. And Gus, you know, according to his wife, you know, got up, put his clothes on, and went went to Michael and uh, and uh, was there for him. So it and then yeah. Michael was there for uh, Gus when Gus was uh, going through his cancer. So yeah. uh, at hospital and you know, that kind of and at home. So it was a great kind of a great insight. You know, I've I've, I've heard that you know Michael was very um, careful about who he kept in his inner circle. He didn't have a lot of people in that inner right. circle. So if you were in his inner circle, you were in a select you were in select company. Yeah. So I was waiting for the part that would make Michael look bad cuz there wasn't a lot. Like I didn't like I I'm pretty sure a lot of people came out of that doc not like thinking <clears throat> that Michael was a terrible human being cuz he kind of said right. that it, that that's what the doc would like the doc would make you feel differently about Michael than you did before. Sure. That you'd think that he was, like, a terrible human being. And I didn't really feel that way. No. Oh, just I, a- and I just kept waiting for that each episode. I'm like, all right, like, why do I like this guy more? Mm-hmm. Like, when am I going right. to not, like, when am I going to see something I don't like about him? Right, right, exactly. So, well, you know, Michael was, uh, you know, he, he didn't, he, he stayed away from politics. Yeah. Uh, you know, he got some criticism for that because he, he didn't get political when some people wanted him to get political. Um, but he stayed away from that. And, uh, you know, he didn't put push, put himself out there. Uh, you, you didn't hear a whole lot about Michael other than what he did on the court. Um, and, and that was by design. I and mean, he was very careful to try to keep keep the close, close wraps on his uh, – Life away from the court. Yeah. So. Um, I wonder if Michael would be like diagnosed as a as like a psychopath or a so like because I think he is. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know. There's one. There's like one part in the doc where he like says that he would like make up scenarios where opponents would like or where people would like say something about him or make him upset mm-hmm. so he could then. And I'm like. You, he has to be like insane on some level. <laughs> who, who does that? Well, he's just extremely competitive. Yeah, yeah. And he and he can use uh uses any kind of motivation out there uh, di- at different levels. And um, you know, some people say, well, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't use you know something that their opponent says for motivation. You should be able to motivate yourself. But you know, it, it works. Uh, it worked for him uh, to be able to do that. So, oh yeah, it's crazy. You know, he just he just liked to win. He, yeah, you know, so very good stuff. Yeah, Doc was crazy. It was insane. I wish they would have gone into the Magic series a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's like probably the only blemish on his resume. The Magic series, the mm-hmm. year he came back. Yes. 
But even then, it's like, it's kind of hard to use that against him because he just came out of retirement. Oh, he just can't, yeah, he'd been away from the game, you know, for that period of time. He probably wasn't in game shape. Right. He was wearing 45, which I always looked weird. Yeah. That he was wearing, not wearing 23. So, yeah. He wised up and went back to 23. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. The doc was awesome. Yep. And it's not really a, it, it's a Bulls documentary, but it's a Michael Jordan documentary. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you're there for Michael. Yeah. You're not, absolutely. you're not watching for anything else. It's the start of the show, no doubt about it. So, yeah. Oh, and Rachel Nichols, do you know who that is? Yes. Yes. Reporter. Yeah. She's, an idiot, but she like after the hey, doc, Rachel. after the doc was finished, she was like, "Why?" She like she she went on Get Up and was like, "Why do we always skim over the Wizards years? And why wasn't that in the doc?" Well, it's called The Last Dance. It's about I mean, yeah, it, it, didn't, it, it didn't. It is like you're there for Michael Jordan, but it's about the Bulls. Like they yeah. weren't going to go into the Wizards years. No, that's right. That it ended at the end of that last season. So yeah, that was yeah. Absolutely, and like it was, he was thirty eight, and right. for, like he was like thirty nine, mm-hmm. like yeah, he, he wasn't yeah. in his prime. That's why we don't talk about it. Like, are we gonna talk about like Le- are we gonna just pick apart LeBron when he's forty? Right, like right, no? like <laughs> probably not. Yeah, I wish Michael would have uh, never put that Wizards uniform on. Yeah, that would have been a perfect way to end his career yeah. in Game Six in the ninety eight finals. Yep. Because I, I just really, when I think about Michael, I don't think about him wearing a Wizards uniform. Yeah. Um, you know, it, absolutely. He was still good, though. Like, he averaged 20 points his mm-hmm. last two years when he was 38, 39. He, he, like, scored 40 when he was 40. Well, in, in basketball, it's uh, most of your players that play until a very uh, old age of right. 40 are usually centers, guys in the middle. Yeah. Those, that kind of thing. Uh, you, your skills diminish as you get older in your late 30s in basketball. It seems to, that you got more skills to diminish if you're a ball handler, you're playing in the backcourt. Right. You're depending on a jump shot, you're depending on the touch and the ball handling. It's kind of hard to keep that up uh, as opposed to a big man in the middle. You know, it's a little more simpler game for him. He's still got his uh, size, still got his strength. Right, and um, so you see you know, a lot of times you see those guys that play into their forties in the NBA have mostly been, you know, p- guys in the middle center center position. Yeah, exactly. Like three point shooters. Yeah, because yeah. you you don't really lose them. <clears throat> like a Ray, Ray Allen, for example. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and but and it's kind of weird that Michael was able to survive or play at such a high level for so long because right. he, I mean, he. His athleticism was a huge part of his game, mm-hmm. and he wasn't a great three-point shooter. Right, he wasn't bad, but he wasn't great. Right. Well, the three-point I mean, he was a good mid-range shooter. Yeah, but and the three-point shot uh, was not what it is now back then. Uh, you, you know, uh, it, the three-point shot has become a huge, probably too much of too much of a part of basketball now than than you would like, and and uh, it was not as right. big of a part of of the game back then. Yeah. Than it is now. When he was like when he was forty on the Wizards, he was still able to score at mm. like an incredible rate. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That dog was awesome. Would totally recommend it. <laughs> yeah, let's move on, talk about sports returning. Um, and it sounds like pretty much every sport is gonna come back, except for baseball. Um, and we can get into that. Let's start off with baseball not coming back, which is insane. Well, uh, you know, right now the the issue is over money, and it's it's between the players and the owners, and that's been a long standing, uh, you know, 
uh, impasse in in Major League Baseball. You're if you're a baseball fan, and usually this occurs when you're nearing the end of what they call the collective bargaining agreement. It's the the agreement between the players and owners over different aspects, whether it be salary, whether it be different parts of the the, the players' rights and 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 to be part of the team and and that kind of thing. Uh, and they and they will sign an agreement. It lasts for a period of time. So the collect the the current collective bargaining agreement will expire at the end of next season. So you know you're always holding your breath, hoping that they can get this thing resolved and not you know have a strike. Well, they're at a point now where you know this has nothing to do with the ex- expiration of the CBA, but it has to do with finishing the season out. The players basically want to get paid their prorated salaries for the amount of games that are left or however many games are going to play. Um, the owners um, want to pay them that prorated salary less a cut because they may be playing in empty stadiums. Well, if you're playing in an empty stadium, you're not going to have any revenue. You're going to sell tickets, and there's a lot of that revenue gone. The owners are saying, well, hey, we can't afford to even play the, pay the prorated salaries because we're not getting – revenue from ticket sales you know to come in to help pay those salaries uh the other thing is that the players are wanting to play more games okay uh and and, you know instead of saying playing out the where the season would be if they say start on july in july july 4th whatever uh there would be x amount of games left the players want to play more than x amount of games left well the owners don't want to play more games because the more games they play the more money they lose if they're not going to have fans in the sand so right. the, the more games you play without ticket sales the more they're going to lose so it, yeah. right now they're in an impasse and you know i looked in the news today i sent you the link uh we just reached 40 million americans unemployed because of coronavirus okay? right 40 million americans have lost their job because of coronavirus this ain't going to sit well if the major league baseball players don't hit the field and play, especially if the NBA's out there playing, the NHL's out there playing, and the NFL's cranking up, and college football's ready to go, and all of them are well ahead of major league baseball right now. Yeah. If the b- baseball players don't hit the field while these other leagues are playing, uh, it is going to be a black eye on major league baseball. The f- I'm telling you, the American public is not going to buy it they're not going to like it the players are not going to get any support whatsoever yeah 40 million people out of work and they're haggling over million dollar contracts not going to look good yeah uh well who who who, like whose side would you be on like the owners and the players like well you know what you feel for uh i don't i don't feel bad for the Max Scherzers out there, uh, you know, that, that have the huge contracts. Right. You're, what right. you're worried about are the, you know, the 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 20th through the 25th guy on the team that's got the, you know, lower salaries. Yeah. The, the, the lowest salaries, the minimum salary is still what everybody would love to make. Um, right. But still, uh, those are the ones they're going to, it's going to hurt the most. Uh but you know, I, at this point in time, we're this is an unprecedented situation. Yeah, uh, I, I think you know, uh, the, I'm, I'm more on the owner side, in a sense, because you know, 
we've got to survive. And they've just got to decide. The players just got to decide if you're going to play or not. Right. And and if you're not going to play, it's going to be over money. You're going to have to deal with consequences. Right. You, and, you know, the fans are going, to, are going to stay away in droves, and you're going to have to win them. I don't know how you're going to win them back. I, I don't know if I'm going to take fully one side or the other, but I'm just – it's a warning to the players. You better figure this out. You better get on the field, and you better give the fans something. And you better not be the only league that's not playing this year. And if, and, and that's the reason you're not playing. It's not because you're scared to go out and get sick. It's, scared, it's because you're whining because you're not going to get that extra million dollars while 40 million Americans are unemployed. Not going to look good. Yeah, I, I don't know if baseball's going to come back. It just doesn't sound mm-hmm. like they're going to come to an agreement. They're very far apart right now. And, I mean, I don't blame the players. Like, if someone was asking you, like, what percentage of their – uh, um, their pay are they going to have to give up is it is it 50 percent or how much is it well they're basically or they've already taken a pay cut they would have to aren't they being asked to take a second yeah, they're pay not, cut now i mean basically the contracts that they all have they're, they're getting an annual salary but it's based on 162 game season yeah so if they come back and say sometime in july it's not gonna be a 162 game season it's gonna be half that right yeah so the prorated salaries, they would get paid half of what they would get paid this year. You know, they're going to get paid the full year salary based on the two games. They would get paid on a prorated basis. You know, that percentage, whatever percentage of 162 games that they do play, they would get that portion of what they would have earned on their contract for a full season. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if it's, if it's 81 games, 162 season, and you had a $5 million contract, you're going to get paid $2.5 million. Okay. Okay. What the owners uh, – so if the owners are agreeable to that, the players will be agreeable to doing that. What the owners right now, from what I understand, are saying, that okay, you know, if we had – you know, if we had ticket sales and we had full stadiums for the rest – for the entire – these 81 games, yeah. uh, we'd do that. We could give you – we could afford to give you the prorated sale, but if we – we're going to have empty stadiums. We're not getting the ticket revenue. So they want we, they, we can't afford to pay you a prorated salary. So the owners want them so to the take a pay cut, cut of the prorated salary. They want salary. to prorate the salary and then cut off of it. And that's what the players don't like. And that's where they're Okay, that's, so that's, that, that's, they're how, that's how I understood it. That's right. Okay, so, and that's yeah. where they're far apart right now because they can't agree on how they're going to pay the players. Yeah. I I totally understand why the players so, are upset. Like so, why why right. like, like only being paid for the games you play mm-hmm. makes sense. So taking a pay cut of that right. does not make sense. I don't know why the players would want to do that. It, if they are also going to be playing and kind of risking their health in a sense. Right. Right. Well, uh, you know, it's like Max Scherzer said yesterday. He's one of the union reps for the player side. Um he basically said, okay, if, if the owners are, are wanting to cut our prorated salary, cut it even further, then show us your books. Show us how you can't afford to pay us the prorated yeah, salary. I was just about to ask, can cut. owners not pay that? Like, are they, can they not pay a prorated that's, salary? That, or is, is, it, is, it, is it really impossible? Well, you don't know because the owners don't show right. the books. They don't yeah. show you their numbers. It, you know, it's, it's a private, you know, they're not willing to do that. They're not willing to let you know if they're making a killing or whether they're struggling to, to pay the players or not. Yeah. Players just say, okay, if you're gonna, if we're gonna even consider you taking a prorated salary and then cutting it further because you're not getting ticket sales, yeah, 
you're going to have to show, prove to us with your numbers, with your books, uh, prove to us that you can't afford to, to pay us without cutting it further. Yeah. You know, and then even then they may not agree to do it. So right now they're, they're a lot, they're far apart. Right. I, I don't feel real positive about baseball right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't think it's coming back. And I was excited. Yeah, I was season. too. I was so excited. Was too, you know, talking about the Braves today. Yeah. I mean, we're big Braves fans. And they're talking about, you know, maybe the designated hitter being brought to the National League. The Braves are, are real equipped, really equipped. And they're talking about, you know, if, if you do play a, a half season, 81 games, they're talking about expanding the rosters maybe to 30 players instead of 25. Yeah. Well, you know, the Braves are going to have to make some tough decisions in spring training because their pitching staff was so deep, they're going to have to go with a five-man rotation. Well, if you're, you're going to expand that roster, you, can, you may could go with, you know, another pitcher or two in the starting rotation, which they have. Uh, if you have the designated hitter, they were going to have a hard time deciding, you know, Whoever doesn't play third base between Austin Riley and Johan Camargo, what were the other person going to do? What was the extra person in the outfield going to do? Were they going to have to cut somebody they didn't want to have to cut? They might be able to keep all these guys, now. right? Yeah, and and use different guys to do be the designated hitter. So the Braves are going to be really deep. Oh uh, yeah, in a, in a position to really take advantage of maybe an expanded roster, a short season with their deep pitching staff. Uh, I was real, you know, it was getting, it was setting up. It's starting to nicely. set up better, not more and more nicely for the Braves, uh, to, if they can get out there and play to really compete and have a chance to win a championship. But all that may be for, for not if they if they can't get together, the owners yeah. and players can't get together on money. So yeah, I I don't really understand why people. I mean, I I get why people are upset with players. They're upset over money, and I I mean I can understand why people are upset it's, about it's because about of the time that, that we're in. Yeah, but like why like if you were asked. To take a pay cut while you're also while you're not being paid your full money. I mean, you'd be upset, like. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, so like, I, I can understand. I mean, you gotta feel for the player. You gotta <laughs> understand. You gotta put yourself in their shoes. Yeah, I and understand. understand why they're upset. I understand. I understand. It's just gonna be a tough sell. Yeah. The so, percentage so, of the American people that that feel that way is gonna be a minute. It's gonna be a lot less than the right. the people that are not gonna be happy. So, but you know, it it. It's kind of hard to convince somebody. That, I mean, I guess the option is you either get paid some or you don't get paid. If you don't play, you're not going to get paid anything. Right. And just hope next year that we're back to normal. Well, I think players would just rather not play and not risk the health. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, you know, we're getting to the point now as week goes by, week, you know, uh, that we're starting to see, you know, these numbers are going down. I think the American people – are ready to get back to work, yeah. ready to get back on the field, ready to get back on the court, get back on the ice, get back on the golf course, get back on the track. We've already seen that with NASCAR. I think sports, you know, starting to move forward. Um, I, I, I think we're, we've we've gotten over the, the hump here, and I think we're starting to move towards getting back to normal eventually, uh, and this not be the, the news story that scares everybody to death every day. Right. Yeah. I hope baseball comes back. I was excited for it because the Braves have a good team. Like, yeah. They have like two top fifteen players in the league, and Acuna and Freddie Freeman. And, right. Like, well, and you know you guys, and we had a deep team. And what's crazy is you know they they sign uh, Marcelo Zuna. Yeah. We may never see him play in a Braves uniform. Yeah, because it was a one year deal. It was a one year deal. He'll be a, con- a free agent again. We may never see a Zuna in a Braves uniform. So right. it's just it's it bizarre. It's been yeah. a bizarre year so far. Yeah, I hope they figure it out. I don't think they will. Um, NFL, the NFL plans on coming back 
regularly, um, and they, they said that for a while. College football looks like it's coming back, and probably going to have fans. I, I, I think in the fall when college football comes back, because it will, I think there's going to be fans in the stadium. No doubt. Whether it's, it's probably not going to be full capacity, but there's going to be, I, I would be willing to bet money that there are fans in the stadium. Because Texas an, announced today that they are going to be allowing uh, 25% of, 25% capacity at, at pro sporting events. You get, you get so, that point of view. You got a point of view. I think Gene, uh, was it Gene Smith, the guy, the, the AD for Ohio State, has already announced uh, that they're going to do 20 to 25,000 fans a game, something like that. Yeah. Like, uh, now, Greg McGarity, on the other hand, who's the AD at Georgia. Right. Uh, he's come out. I heard him on an interview this week. He's saying, we're planning in September – First home game, Stanford Stadium. We're planning on playing in full, front of a full stadium. Oh, really? He says, yeah. He says, we're pl- that's what we're planning on. We could scale back if we need to. Okay, I like that. So he's We can he's scale not... back, but, 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 you know, he said, he made the comment. He said, when I heard Gene Smith at Ohio State say they were going to limit twenty to 25,000, I'm like, there's no telling how many phone calls he got the next day about people like, oh, is it going to be me? Am I going to get get You know, he says, you're having to deal with all of that. Yeah, uh, he says much easier to say we're planning right. on a full stadium, and then as we move along, it's t- he said it's too early right now. It's too early in the month of May to to say in September we're not going to have a full stadium. He says it's easier to say we're going to plan on a full stadium now for September and scale back if we have to in in August. It yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand why we can't wait to make major decisions. Yeah, like, like, exactly. like NCAA canceling like championships that weren't happening for months. I'm like, why don't we just make the, the right. decision when the time comes? Why are we making these decisions so far in advance? Yep. You know, it's it's uh, it was just a, a huge level of fear that was driven. Yeah. Uh, by the media, by you know the government, by the CDC. Not saying it was not warranted. We were dealing with a situation we've never dealt with before. We were dealing with a, a, a virus that we never dealt with. Before. But you know what? That was then. That was, you know, what? End of February, early March. Yeah. We're at the end of May now. And we've learned in this short period of time how to test for this virus. And we increase that testing. We've learned how to be more sanitary, how to to uh, act around each other and the numbers are going down right so and the numbers are going to continue to go down okay yeah and and so we're we're just in a much better position now as a country to deal with it than we were before we we were just throwing something at us that we had never had dealt with before and go figure it out okay and we and you can't figure it out overnight yeah and so now we've we've learned how to we've kind of figured it out okay and that's only going to get better and we're at the end of may now you're talking about college football end of august june july yeah we got 90 days we got three months before the first game is to be played and that's you know think about where we were three months ago okay i i I see things being closer to normal come september yeah i'm 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 more on the greg mcgarity side of things let's plan to have a full stadium and we then can we can scale, scale back when the time comes. Absolutely. So we don't have to make irrational decisions. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, yeah, uh, NBA is also coming back soon. 
probably July. Um, and there's been a couple of plans that have that they're talking about that they are discussing currently. One of them is having uh, they're they're going to go straight into the playoffs most likely, um, mm-hmm. and have either 16 teams and either do it the playoffs as they've always done it, and they might switch it up and just reseed the teams one through 16 regardless of conference. Um, and so, like, the Bucks would play the Magic, the Lakers would play the Nets first round. It'd be like that. They've also discussed a, um, a group stage idea where they would have 20 teams. Mm-hmm. So they would have 16 teams that yep. made the playoffs, right. and they would have the, the four the four best teams after those. So the four teams... Yeah, they were on the, the outside looking Yes, the, the four teams with the next, best, the next four best records. And that would be the Kings, the Spurs, the Pelicans, and the Trailblazers. Okay. I mean, it's all Western Conference teams, but that's how it shakes out. Um, and so that now we, we could possibly have a group stage with those 20 teams. So they would divide it into four. They would have four groups of five teams. Mm-hmm. And the way they would group the, the teams is they would have the, t- the teams ranked by tiers based on their record. So the teams with the, with the four best – or with the five best records would be in tier one. Then the next five teams would be in tier two. Then the next five teams would be in tier three. Then the next five teams would be in tier four. Right. And then they would randomly select those teams. Uh, they would randomly select one team from each tier at a time, and that would be the and that would be the group like group one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're also and they're going to continue doing that for each group. And they are going to make sure that the groups are balanced so there's not. Like one group is extremely strong, one's extremely weak, and what yeah. like that. Right. I love the idea because then <clears throat> each each team, like the teams in each group, would play the other teams in the group twice. So that you the t- teams would play eight games. Then after all eight games are played, the teams with the two best records in those eight games in each group move on. So you would have eight teams emerge from group yeah. stage to move on in the playoffs and play seven game series. It's almost like kind of like the World Cup soccer. Yeah, exactly. It's like That's exactly play. what is me- yeah. yeah in, in yeah. Uh, Adam Silver has mentioned before that he likes the group stage and that he's kind of jealous of soccer. Yes. Yes. Um, and let me pull up this article that Kevin O'Connor did. He he wrote or he works for the Ringer. He wrote this article um, and here are, like, possible group stage draws after the randomized drawing. Um, for him, group one, uh, Bucks, it'd be, like, Bucks, uh, Jazz, Sixers, Grizzlies, and Blazers. Group two would have Lakers, Heat, Rockets, Magic, Pelicans. Group three, Raptors, Celtics, Thunder, Mavericks, Spurs. Group four, uh, Clippers, Nuggets, Pacers, Nets, Kings. And he did this with, like, a random number generator yeah. on Google. Uh, but that's just an example of what it could possibly look like. Uh, I love the idea. That's a great idea. That would be so much fun. And now, my one issue with it is that uh, you're kind of rewarding the lower tier teams in the playoffs, like the mm-hmm. Magic. You're kind of rewarding them, which I don't really like. And you're kind of taking away from the teams that earned the higher seeds yeah. and earned um, – Home court, obviously now you can't have home court, which is why this makes so much right. sense. Sure, um, but you probably wouldn't be able to do this in normal in a normal situation. But I like it for now, and I would love to see them do it just to try it out. Yep. This is the perfect time. Oh yeah, to experiment. If you're ever gonna do something different, this is the time to do it. 
And just and, imagine, like, two or three weeks of games where you yeah. have, like, let's take a look in the situation at Group 2. You have the Lakers, Heat, Rockets, Magic, Pelicans. You would have LeBron face off against head-to-head against Zion mm-hmm. twice. You would see the Lakers face the Rockets. The Rockets beat the Lakers in the regular season with their new... Uh, for their new offense where they mm. went five out they had no center that would be fun you would see the Lakers go up against the Heat that would be a great matchup you would see the Lakers go up against the Magic not a good matchup because the Magic are not good but you would have mm-hmm. groups of teams and they would be really really good matchups like group three right here it says it would have the Raptors Celtics Thunder Mavericks and Spurs that is a very strong group, and that would be it. Would be so much fun watching watching those games. Like mm-hmm. watching the the Celtics and Mavericks would be so much fun. Watching Luka Doncic go up against the Raptors defense would be fun. So you have fun matchups, and I think it's a great idea. It's different. It'll be much more fun than watching the Bucks go up against the Magic, beating them in four, mm-hmm. and like no casual fan's gonna watch that. Right. I will watch it because I love the NBA and I'm a huge basketball fan. But the average fan <laughs> is not gonna watch the Bucks and the Magic play. They're just not. Mm-hmm. It's not interesting. The Bucks right. are going to slaughter the Magic, and but they will be very interested in watching the Bucks play. The Jazz, or the Sixers, or the Blazers, or even the Grizzlies, because the Grizzlies have John Morant, Jerry mm-hmm. Jackson. They're an interesting young team. Mm-hmm. So you have more interesting matchups this way. You, you got a ton of games in like a three-week span. It's fun. I don't see the downside besides rewarding bad teams now, and, ta- and kind of taking away from the good teams that won 60-plus games like the Bucks and the Lakers. So once you get past the pool play, it, it, will it – it, it, it'll it'll you be have teams that'll advance, but yep. then do you have series at that? You point? have seven so, game series at that point. Okay, that so you point. will have that. Yep. Okay, gotcha. And that, and that I like it. And that eliminates seven game first round series. I think. Yes. I think the first round honestly should be five games. Yeah, sure. Add- and and it eliminates that. You get better matchups, more interesting matchups. You get more fun games. Mm-hmm. More, it, it's going to draw in the casual fans. Because you're going to have more interesting games. They're going to want to watch the Bucks play the mm-hmm. Sixers. They're going to want to watch the Lakers play mm-hmm. the Pelicans. Right. They're going to want to watch LeBron face off against Zion. So you're going to have a bigger draw. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see why they wouldn't want to do this. Right. Now, the owners uh, like owners for teams like the Bucks and the Lakers are going to be against it. Yeah. Because they want to play the Magic in the yeah. first round. Yeah, they they want to have that matchup because it's easier for them. And this just makes it harder for them to win a title. Right. Now, uh, According to the math, the the Bucks only have like the chances of advancing through the playoffs only become only decrease slightly with this with this system because if they get past group stage, there's only eight eight teams left, so they would not have like their their path is. I mean, they they've gone through like mm. half the field already. Yeah, right. Um, I love the idea. I think it's fantastic. And I, I would love to see this. It right. would be so much fun. You, and you'd have games like every other day because yep. they're all in a bubble. I don't see why they wouldn't do it. Or I don't see why they shouldn't do it. I don't see the negatives with this. Right. right. But besides, like, obviously, like, it's kind of unfair towards mm-hmm. the better teams who, who won 60-plus games. Uh, but besides that, I don't see a negative to this. No, I I think it's great, and you know, it could be one of these things that if if Silver, like for example, David Silver has uh, been you know thinking about this, this is a great chance for him to implement it, try it. Yeah. If it's a huge success, and you'll know if it is, 
you could possibly implement it into the playoffs. Correct. Farther down the road, or like they've like we're we're probably gonna get a mid season and an end of the season tournament mm-hmm. soon. You could use this system for sure. that. A- absolutely. Start so, start implement, and you know it, it's a thing that you know if the if the, the ratings will tell the story, they'll be able right. To, oh, to the ratings, ratings. The ratings are going to be through the roof right. if they do this. Right. It's going to be insane. Right. And and and, and high ratings. High re- that means more revenue, more yep. advertising revenue, and if that's the case, and they see that hey, the fans like this better, you'll probably see it again down the road. That uh, NHL National Hockey League is, uh, I think I heard their plan was they normally have 16 teams in the playoffs, yeah. like the NBA, right. and they're, I think they're going 24. It. I yeah. think so. You're going to have additional teams, you know, that would have normally not qualified, going to be in it. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, yeah. I think it's great. I, you know, that's the thing. I, I agree with you. Seven game series in in first rounds of playoffs when you got a eight we, seed we, versus yeah. a one and, seed. And, it's an Boring. interesting matchup. Boring. One one team just. It just is just so much better. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 boring and uninteresting to the cat to yeah. the average NBA fan. Right. So that would eliminate that. The one thing I don't like about it is uh, it kind of. I'm a huge. I'm very anti rewarding teams who don't deserve rewarding teams with the opportunity to contend for a championship when they don't deserve it. Right. That's why I don't want the college football playoff to expand to eight teams mm-hmm. because. Uh, a, the semifinal games throughout the history of the playoff have not been very good. And I just don't think teams that are the eight, eighth, that are ranked like eight, they don't mm-hmm. deserve to compete for the title. They right. just have, like, they, they at that point, they haven't won their conference. Mm-hmm. They, I don't know how many games they've won. They just haven't earned it. And so with this system, you are rewarding the teams like the Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, and Spurs who weren't in the playoff pick or weren't were in their playoff picture, but they didn't get to finish the regular season, so I'm okay with that. Like if they if we had the regular season and we got to finish it, mm-hmm. those teams might be might would have made the playoff. So I like how this system mm-hmm. rewards them uh, for being in a position to make the playoffs, but not being able to make it because they didn't, they couldn't finish the regular season, so they allowed them to play in a group play system. Right. I, I love it. Right. I, I, I agree. I think it would be gr- it would be great to try something different. Yeah, it'd be fun. <clears throat> and if it doesn't work out, you just Absolutely. don't have to use it. And I don't. For me, it would not put an asterisk on the title. I know that's been a heat. Yeah, that's been a, that's sure. been talk. Like, would the title have an asterisk? No, it would not. Like, right. I, it, if you're putting an asterisk on the title, you're crazy. Yeah. Like, I, if you if like, every team is in the same boat, right? You're all going through the same thing. Absolutely. If you want to win a title with this. Win your group, right. beat like play well. Just sure. Like if you're good enough, you'll win and you'll you'll beat the last team standing. Right. Um, and I, I hear, and it's mainly just like the Le- yeah. like LeBron or MJ fans just like, well, if LeBron wins the title, there's gonna be a no. There's not. Yeah. Like I'm sorry that you're obsessed with Michael Jordan and right. you don't want anyone challenging his crown. But if LeBron wins the title, it's gonna count no matter what. Right. Right, but yeah, I I would love the system. I yeah. love it. Um, yeah, it, it. I don't see many negatives with it. No, no. I mean, it, and if it's if it's kind of designed, kind of like the World Cup, I, I think the World Cup is is pretty fascinating. Whether you're a soccer fan or not, right? It's a pretty cool format. Uh, you know, of course, they don't have series. They it, it becomes single elimination once you get out of pool play. Um, but you know that you, you probably you know to crown a champion. 
um, you know, you do want a series, whether it be three games, five games, or seven games, to determine a more of a true ch- champion. So, yeah. Anyway, but it, it, it's interesting at the least, absolutely. and it would be fun. Absolutely. At the very least, it would be fun. Right. Right. I mean, it would draw in. It would draw in viewers. Sure. Absolutely. Which would draw in revenue. Absolutely. Well, you see, you know, uh, NASCAR is they're having a race about every fourth day now yeah uh you know without fans in the stands but they're you know they're one of the first to come out and yeah. uh and and the ratings are really good you know it's generating conversation uh this country needs sports yeah uh but- this country needs a boost it needs some confidence uh you know the economy will start coming back but sports would play a big part yeah. And the, I guess, the attitude and the confidence level of this country to come back and, and get back to normal. I, I think having sports available would do a lot of good. Yeah. Even if you don't like sports, like you have to like see yes. how big of a role it plays in yeah, America. Like, it, 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 like sports are huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Huge for the economy. It's, it's just huge. Absolutely. No doubt about it. And it needs to come back. I can't, I, I'm so excited. I can't yeah. wait for the NBA to come back. And they're, they're actually having a conference call with the Board of Governors mm-hmm. tomorrow. Right. Uh, where Adam Silver uh, will discuss the plan, the pl- plans for a playoff. Um, man, I, I, I really hope they give this idea serious consideration. And there's been a lot of support for it from the league office. And it, it could, it actually might happen. And I'd be excited to see it. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one one thing, it's funny, uh, uh, kind of getting off topic here, but even going into high school sports, um, you know, football, like in college, uh, yeah. you know, creates the most revenue. Uh, you know, for all these colleges out the football program generates so much revenue for the schools. And it also supports other programs within the school. You're starting to see colleges across the university, across the country, starting to drop different programs you know school our uh up north is dropping their soccer program because yeah. they can't afford it because they didn't have foot not you know might not have football with yeah. enough revenue there so um somebody uh made a great suggestion for high school football and the same thing in high school the football programs in high school generated a lot of revenue towards the school oh yeah to help support the other sports so somebody had a great idea I said why well, don't uh, if we're not fully back to normal by football season and on the high school level, why don't we play the spring sports in the fall and then start football maybe in December, January? And uh, that way by, that'll give us more time to maybe be able to have a full stadium for the football games. Interesting idea yeah. if you think about it. Uh, yeah. You can still play football, you know, baseball in the fall like you could in the spring. Weather's about the same. Um, and and basketball, and then maybe start football uh, December January and have a football season at that point. Interesting idea, yeah. yeah. Uh, because really, uh, if if you put football out there in high school, like with college, and you you're not able to have a full stadium, uh, you're not selling tickets. Yeah. And these schools, it's not it's going to be hard for them to afford to play a full schedule. Put, you know, put gas in the bus to go on the road, pay for those uniforms. Uh, and all of that without, you know, fannies in the seat, so to speak. So it, it's interesting ideas that are coming up on how to handle things. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, let's finish off the pod talking about Georgia, who just got a new quarterback. Um, now their quarterback looks very strong. So in around, like, the end of February, or end of January, early February, I believe, 
uh, Jamie Newman, who was a quarterback at Wake Forest, he announced he was transferring to Georgia. Um, and he he was he got a lot of hype because Jake Fromm left. Uh, he he got drafted in the fifth round. He was going to be the starter at Georgia, and he got he was getting a lot of Heisman hype, a lot of NFL draft hype. Like people were saying that he's a, a first rounder. Uh, I made a video about him uh, like a, a few weeks back. Uh, he's not a Heisman candidate, and he's not a potential first round pick. Um, the hype needs like. Let's push the break. Let's hold up a little bit on the hype on Jamie Newman, um, first of all. But Georgia, it was just announced they got uh, transfer USC transfer JT Daniels, and that's incredible. That's a huge pickup for them. And now Georgia's quarterback room is insanely stacked. Now I don't know if JT Daniels is going to play because he would need a waiver because he's not a graduate transfer. So he would he would need a waiver to be eligible to play this year. But if he's able to play, um, he might beat out Jamie Newman. Like, honestly, he might beat out Jamie Newman. Um, and even if he isn't eligible, that gives George a, a, an answer at quarterback for the future next year when yep. Jamie Newman leaves. Right. So, that I, I couldn't believe that happened. Um, I bet Jamie Newman is furious <laughs> that he transferred yep. to Georgia and now he's got some legit competition. And Daniels... He probably beats him out. Right, right. Uh, I'm not as high on Newman as a ton of people are. I mean, he's good. Like he's a, he's a good quarterback. It's not like he's just terrible. No, he's good. He's when I just hear like he's a first round pick, I'm like, y'all are insane. He's like a a, a middle round pick so, at best. But so I was reading about Daniels. He, um, I guess he he tore his knee. Yeah, he got uh, hurt first game of the season. I don't remember. I don't remember if it was early on, game, but it was early on in the and, season. And then, and, then he, and so he's out for the year, injury, yeah. freshman year, uh, and then replaced by who's what's the guy's Kid name? Kid on Slovis. Yeah, Slovis. I I can't remember if he was the backup or the third string. Mm-hmm. He, I think he was the backup. Okay, but Slovis comes in, kills it. He looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah. He's probably going to be a first round pick, right? In a few years. He's going to be drafted very high. If he's not a first-round pick, probably a second-round right. pick. But he's going to be a high draft pick. Slovis is legit. And there was just no way Daniels was going to be able to beat him out. Um, and Daniels is talented. Like, he's really, really good. Slovis is just a different animal. Um, so Daniels decided to transfer. And that was in Georgia. And Georgia is looking incredible at quarterback. Because well, besides Newman, they didn't really have much. So right. Newman was well, going to win that job. Have an easily. incoming pr- freshman um, from Florida that, that probably needs a little more seasoning. They had the yeah. uh, the uh, uh, the guy from Ohio State that transferred that uh, had the uh, issue, the brain issue uh, injury, or, or no, no, he had a. Uh, so I, I can't remember what it was. We had to have brain surgery. Yeah, he's been cleared to practice now. Uh, after an MRI, uh, so so yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Um, it, this sounds like the story at Georgia three years ago when uh, Jacob Eason was the, beat out Jake Fromm and and fall practice for the starting quarterback position. Eason turns his ankle on the sideline, or no, 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 he hurt his knee, tweaked his knee, sprained his knee, going out of bounds early in the first game of the season. And Jake Fromm comes in and never leaves for the sideline again. Jacob Eason never yeah. sees the field again. 
uh, Jacob Eason ends up transferring to Washington. Yeah. So this is a similar situation. Injury, another guy steps in. It's amazing that this guy comes to Athens uh, from from uh, he went to high school out in that California. Yeah. Goes to USC. He looks like he's he's what yeah like you said the third ranked quarterback out of high school. Yeah. Line Trevor and 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 uh, uh, Fields. Oh yeah, he was so good coming out of high school, and he and, was good in college. He yeah. just had an unfortunate injury, and right. Slovis comes out of nowhere and looks like and just looks like one of. Yeah, the, better, the best quarterback in college football. But you're right. I mean, yeah, here comes uh, you know Newman coming in, grad transfer to Georgia, and uh, you know looks like he's going to step right in, and 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 <laughs> like you say, he's got might have competition at the NCAA. Let Daniels come over and not have to sit out a year. Uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, but you know, to be honest with you, competition's good. Oh yeah. Uh, you you can't have too many uh, good players on the roster, and uh, if you're a Georgia fan. Uh, you, you gotta you gotta love to see some competition at the quarterback yeah. position. If they make each other better, that that's 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 even better for the team. And you need a quarterback because Florida Absolutely. Florida is legitimate is mm-hmm. a legitimate threat for the SEC mm-hmm. East. This sure, year. absolutely. They have Kyle Trask, who is extremely <laughs> underrated. He's one of the better quarterbacks in college football. He didn't even start a game in high school. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Um, they got a lot of talent over there in Florida. Um. They're going to be coming for that for the SEC East title, uh, in Georgia. They're only returning two starters on offense from last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, an offensive lineman. I don't know who, and George Pickens. Yeah, George, uh, the was the, it? I think they're center. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I can't remember that, but the defense is stacked. Defense yeah, the defense is, is stacked, but the uh, offense, offense might is a look lot, a little iffy. A lot of turnover, a new offensive coordinator, a new system. Yeah. They're going to really need good quarterback play because of that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, whoever whoever is is taking the, the ball from center come uh, late late August uh, or early September, depending on when that first game ends for, in Athens, is going to it's going to be an important position. But like you said, right. to because that there's a huge turnover on the offensive side. Uh, you know, good talent. Uh, you know, just you know, starters have gone from last year, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um. And Daniels isn't like I'm not guaranteeing that Daniels will beat out Newman. I'm just mm-hmm. saying it's. I would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. That's unfortunate for Newman. And yeah. I mean, I like New- I, Newman's extremely talented. Mm-hmm. He's more. He's more physically. He's like way more physically right. physically gifted than From. He's mobile. You can use him as a runner. Um. He. He ran, but he ran a very simple off, offense mm-hmm. at Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. A lot of they ran a lot of RPOs, sure. a lot of read options, a lot of, and they would, and they just didn't ask him to make a lot of advanced reads, and he didn't have to make a lot of NFL throws at Wake Forest. I didn't see enough of that. I didn't see him read defenses as much, or have to make. I have. I didn't see him have to make advanced reads enough advanced reads to, for me to feel confident in him in a totally different offense where he would be asked mm-hmm. to do that. That's why I'm not as high on Newman as, as many other people are. Uh, Newman's physically talented. Like, he's way more physically gifted than Fromm is. Mm-hmm. He can make throws that Fromm can not even dream yeah. of making. He's got good arm strength. He's mobile. He he, he throws 
throws an accurate ball. Throws an accurate ball. When he throws the ball, it looks pretty, and yeah. he's accurate. Like he he he's good. He did struggle with decision making at times last year at Wake Forest. I think he's talented. He's not a Heisman candidate. He's just not. Sure. Like, and, well, and yeah. he and he's just not gonna he's not gonna be a first round pick. I just think that's insane. Mm-hmm. For th- those are really really high expectations of him. I just think he's not. Like, that's not warranted. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's worth that kind of hype. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's good. He's just not there yet. He would he would have to have like a Joe Burrow kind of improvement, right? Um, for him to be at that level, I think he's good. This is just really interesting to see yeah. Georgia pick up another highly uh, another really really gifted quarterback in JT Daniels, and I right. think it's huge for them. Yep. Whether I- he plays this year, whether he plays next year, is a huge pickup. And it, it'll either make them even better this year or it gives them an answer for the future. Sure, absolutely. Well, uh, whoever – that, that defense in, in, at Athens is, is, is so strong this year. Uh, whoever uh, – you know, whoever plays quarterback in practice is going to get some good uh, good oh, reps yeah. against yeah. that defense. I mean, because they're going to – they're going to see defenses like that, uh, you know, in the SEC quite a bit, uh, that level of competition. Newman – He's going to have uh, talent around him that he's never seen before. Right. Not at the level that he had at Wake Forest. Yeah. So he's going to be – at the same time, he's going to be facing talent in the SEC. Yeah, that he, ha- in, that he yeah. hasn't before. And he's going to have to than, step Other up than Clemson uh, in the ACC. So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be a different different ball game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much all we have for today. Um, I hope you all enjoyed that. I had fun. And this is fun, and uh, we'll see y'all next time.